And now, live from Atlanta, Georgia, everyone's social media friend, it's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media, there's only one constant, Deb Creer. Good morning, everyone. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And I'm so excited today. You know, I say that every single time, but it's because I have such fabulous guests. I am so excited today to be talking with Greg Jameson. So welcome, Greg. Thanks, Deb. I'm excited, too. I'm happy to be here. Great, great. Well, before we jump in, let me tell folks just a little bit about you. Greg Jameson has been involved in the computer industry since the mid-1970s when he was still in high school. He published his first commercial software program in 1985. After successfully taking his first company public, he has been developing Internet applications since 1995, which was essentially the beginning of the Internet. He has been creating e-commerce websites since 2002. Greg has been named International Developer of the Year, Colorado Small Business of the Year, and was listed on the Inc. 500 of America's fastest-growing small companies. Today, Greg helps businesses with Internet marketing through his company, Web Stores Limited. Most recently, Greg's book, Amazon's Dirty Little Secrets, has become a number one Amazon bestseller. And in fact, that's what we are going to talk about is Greg's book and the premise behind it. So again, welcome, Greg. Thanks. This is going to be fun. Sounds like it is. Guys. It is. Yep. Sounds so, like we've got a lot to talk about. Well, and you know, we got to love technology again because the station is in Denver. I'm in Atlanta and you're in Denver. So we're just bouncing all over everywhere here today. Um, you know, and, and that's the, the power of internet radio. But let's talk about the power of the internet. And, and you know, that's basically what you wrote your book about. So first tell us a little bit about the premise of your book, which is again, Amazon's dirty little secrets and, and why you decided to write it. Well, the premise of the book is to, it's, it's a lot like a lot of things in social media, actually, to get other people to help you with your sales and marketing. That's really how Amazon got started, how Amazon has continued to grow, and getting other people to do your sales and marketing for you is a great way to grow your business. Mm-hmm. As the reason that I wrote it is, as you mentioned, I've been helping people with e-commerce websites for over a decade now, and mm-hmm. that's really one of the things that a lot of them need help with is getting their presence on the internet known. Right. Well, and you know, if you if you really analyze this, Amazon is of course the behemoth. You know, Amazon, Google, Microsoft. In my lifetime, I don't think those companies will go away, and I think they will probably always be very dominant. And Amazon does it, actually, as you, as you mentioned, with very little marketing themselves, whether it's Amazon itself or the marketing of the products and services that it sells. 
because it does rely on other people to do it for them. It'd be interesting to find out. My guess is that their actual advertising budget compared to other companies their size is pretty minuscule um, because you're right. They, they do have everybody else doing their marketing for them. Yeah, I don't know what their marketing budget is either, but when you sit here and look at just the amount of press that they get, mm-hmm. where they're not paying for that press combined with people talking about them on social media and all of the other types of things that they do to kind of get the word out there. For the exposure that they get, they, they certainly aren't paying what we would think about in traditional advertising. Right. You know, and, and so the premise of your book, and, and it's funny because when I first heard the title, I thought, ooh, what are we going to learn about? And then, of course, I, I investigated a little bit further, and it's more about if what would Jeff Bezos, who is the, the founder and CEO of Amazon, what would he do if he were running my company? So let's just kind of start going through these steps. And, and you know, one of the things I know is you've created this very cool acronym called Power Plus. So let's kind of walk through that. What does the, the P stand for? Well, the P is plenty of traffic. And that's kind of the key, I guess, to any Internet marketing is that you have to get lots and lots of traffic to your website. So that's uh, P is plenty of traffic. And in the book, I talk about all the different ways that you can be driving traffic to your website. One of the things that a lot of people immediately think of with driving traffic to your website is, getting listed number one on Google. Mm-hmm. And the very first thing that I point out is that just like all of the other Internet companies out there, Google's always changing the rules. Right. And if they're changing the rules, getting listed number one on Google is a continually moving target, and it's really mm-hmm. hard to do. So you're actually better off concentrating on the things that you can control And when you can control some of these other things, which is getting people to talk about you, then it actually, the search engines tend to take care of themselves. Right. You know, it's it's funny. Go ahead. I I actually have a, a quote in there that says that people think that if I get to be listed number one, I'm going to be popular. And, in fact, the opposite is true. If you're already popular, then you get to be listed number one on Google. Right. You know, it's Google looks for that organic content as opposed to what you have done. Um, you know, and, and it's interesting. I had an email from somebody last week where one of those companies that does SEO searches had pitched to her that, that they would, uh, increase her website traffic and get her listed on all the search engines and yada, yada, yada. And, and I mean, this is, I, I don't want to denigrate those companies because many of them do very good jobs. But they wanted to charge her $3,000 a month. Her company doesn't make that in a year with what they do. And, you know, so I told her, I said, you need to do it organically yourself. You know, get people talking about you. Get them to post reviews on your website. Get them to talk about you on social media. And then, you know, Google will take notice of that. Yeah, they absolutely do. It's And and there's so many things that you can do in terms of getting other people to start talking about you, you know, backlinks or people, other sites linking to 
your website is one mm-hmm. of the ways that Google has historically always been uh, very keen on mm-hmm. a way of getting, uh, trying to think of the word that I'm looking for here, but kind of making sure that you are an authority by having right. lots of other people mention you and link back to your website. And if you can get people to do that, either through social media or by you going out there and commenting on other people's blogs and then having them post links back to your website, all types of things like that, can actually drive a lot of traffic to your website. And when you're already driving this traffic, then Google kind of takes notice and says, hey, this must be a really important website for that particular topic. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's it really values those third party endorsements, um, you know, and and because, you know, granted, we we've all done the hey, will you comment and, you know, I'll, I'll comment on you back and, you know, those type of things. But, you know, it it is something where the more and more of those that you have, the more attention Google pays to you. Yeah, that, that's absolutely the case. And I think that. You know, it's not that difficult to do to get people to actually start talking about you and your products and services in that way, and that's clearly what Amazon has done, and it's obviously made a big difference in the way they run their business, and that's something that almost anybody can apply to their business as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think one of the keys to Amazon is the the user reviews. So, you know, how why is that so important and how can a business owner like you or I or, you know, the restaurant down the street or you know somebody like that, how can they start getting those reviews? The thing that Amazon has done absolutely brilliantly more than almost any other company is the user reviews. And one of the things that happens is is that one customer is essentially selling another customer on why they ought to buy a particular product. And that's just ingenious to, mm-hmm. to when you think about that. I think that what a lot of people are afraid of, especially with all these third-party review sites that are out there now, like, you know, a Yelp or a TripAdvisor mm-hmm. or Yellow Pages or whoever all these other sites are out there, there are afraid of getting negative reviews and Mm -hmm. that's absolutely no way to run your business what you want to do is you want to be actively promoting that you're looking for reviews and get as many positive reviews as you can out there right well and everybody's going to have a negative review or two you know just something that somebody didn't like and to me, that means that adds more validity to it. You know, if I go to somebody's website or, you know, say I'm looking on Amazon at a product and, you know, all they have is four and five stars, I start thinking, uh, it looks like they got all their buddies to, to comment. <laughs> yep, it's rigged. Um, yeah, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and I actually like the negative reviews. Um, it's funny, I was buying a new, uh, router for my Wi-Fi over the weekend and, I, I was going to buy it locally because it was one of those that, you know, got to have it now type of things. But I researched it on Amazon. <coughs> Excuse me. And what I did was I specifically looked at the negative reviews. You know, I didn't care about the positive reviews because the products I was looking at had lots and lots of, of positive reviews. I wanted to see what the negatives were. You know, did somebody say it didn't work? Did they say that you couldn't connect it? You know, what were, th- were those? And that to me was actually more valuable. 
I, I think that's true. And one of the things about the negative reviews is not only does it kind of keep it real, but I think that, you know, it builds trust. Mm-hmm. And that that's really important. I think one of the reasons why so many people like yourself said that they go to Amazon to research products, whether they end up buying from Amazon or not. They go there mm-hmm. to look at those reviews because Amazon has built up this trust by posting all kinds of reviews, whether they're positive or negative. Mm-hmm. I have certainly worked with a lot of customers building their own e-commerce websites, and they're like, yeah, I want to have ratings and reviews on there. And as soon as somebody puts a negative review on there, they're like, I don't want to post that. And it's Mm -hmm. like, actually, you do. (laughs) Right, right. And even even if it's about the lousy service you gave them, leave it on there and show how you resolved it. It it makes you real. And that is what is critical, because you're right, so many businesses are afraid of those negative reviews, and, you know, like we said, they happen, you know, and and sometimes it's not even you. They they reviewed the wrong business or the wrong product or service, but, you know, you want to show people that you can fix it, and, you know, so maybe it is that they had bad service at a restaurant. Well, then, you know, in your comments, in your response, apologize, don't throw anybody under the bus. You know, this is not the, oh, we had so many people coming in and not enough waitresses and blah, blah, blah. don't do any of that. Just say, we'll fix it. You know, come back. We'll give you a free appetizer. We'll, you know, whatever, you know, fix it, make it better for somebody. And, you know, sometimes those conversations have to go offline depending on, on what, you know, the problem is. But people like to see that you fixed it also. You know, if I go and I'm reading reviews, you know, a good example is a restaurant. You know, if I'm reading and, and, you know, obviously that's not on Amazon, that's on something like Yelp. And if it is all these negatives and they never respond, well, to me, that shows that they didn't fix it. So I'm, I'm going to go on to the next thing. Yeah, absolutely. There's a great quote that I heard and I honestly don't know who said it, but it was basically something to the effect of, <laughs> Live your life in such a way that if somebody says something bad about you, that nobody will believe it. Right. And I think that that's absolutely the way it is in business as well. You know, mm-hmm. just treat your customers in such a way that if people start to say bad things about you, that they're just going to look at it and go, well, that's obviously an anomaly, not the way this person runs their business. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and on social media, what I love is when, you know, somebody makes a negative comment. And they've, and it's a, a business that has a great reputation. Sometimes before the business can even respond, other people, the fans of the page or, you know, whoever are saying, Hey, wait, this is a great place. This is a great product or service. And again, that comes back to those third party endorsements. Um, you know, but the second you have a bad review that you ignore, it's kind of funny. It's like the other bad reviews come out of the woodwork, you know, and, and so that's why it is so critical to take care of them. Yeah, and the thing that's interesting is that when you do take care of them, frequently those customers end up being your very best customers and your biggest advocates. Right. Because you, know, you and, did and, take care of their negative mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. You know, you made it better for them, or you at least tried. You know, sometimes things happen and, and you can't fix it. But, yeah, you know, and, and to me, saying I'm sorry goes so far. 
You know, it's people just want to be heard, you know, and and if somebody says, gee, we're really sorry that happened to you. I'm like, OK, you know, you acknowledged me. I'm I'm happy now. Now, if they tried to fix it, that's even better. But, you know, sometimes simply acknowledging that there was a problem and that you heard them really is going to, to go a long way towards solving that problem. It, it absolutely is. And, you know, that's uh, kind of jumping ahead here into some of the other things that I talk about in that power formula mm-hmm. uh, of winning their trust and having an engaging experience and so forth. But one of the things that is interesting is that Amazon has done such a good job of taking care of their customers. Right. I, I, I won't say that they've always taken care of their suppliers and their vendors mm-hmm. the same way that they do their customers. They obsess mm-hmm. over their customers. Mm-hmm. And as a result, th- they have the highest corporate reputation of any major company out there. The ahead of Google, Disney, mm-hmm. Apple, uh, Amazon has the the highest corporate reputation in terms of the customer experience. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and again, that comes back to that plenty of traffic, the, the P in the Power Plus, because when you make people happy, they tell other people about it. Um, you know, and, and, and the key is just to make it as simple and as easy as possible. You know, tell people, hey, share your experience on Facebook, you know, post on Amazon, do whatever so that people can share their experiences. Yep. Uh, Jeff Bezos has a quote that says, if you build a great experience, customers tell each other about that. Word of mouth is very powerful, and that's absolutely the case. Is mm-hmm. Word of mouth is the best method you, you can have of getting word out there about your company. Right. And and it's funny because, you know, if you're looking at Amazon or, you know, you're reading somebody's comments on a Facebook page or, or wherever, most of the time you don't know those other people. You know, they, they, they're they these, you know, People that you've never met, you're never going to meet them, you don't know where they are, but just the fact that they said it, you know, they said, hey, this is a great product, this is a great service, goes so much further than when the the company says, hey, we have a great product or service. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny, isn't it, that we trust total strangers more than we trust the professional, the salesperson that has the product, Mm -hmm. has all the information about the product. We, Mm -hmm. We trust the complete stranger more. Well, and and I think that's because you know we know that the, the company wants to sell its product or service, and so they're going to tell us it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and you know we solve every problem in the world. In fact, you know how many times do we see what they say? We yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's really going to be. But if somebody else says, "Oh, wow, this is the best product or the best service that I ever bought," and I you know would tell everybody to buy it, we're like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> yep, exactly. And, you know, kind of what you were saying in there about the, the the negative reviews, too. I think that it's it's not so much negative reviews that you're really looking for. Mm-hmm. I, maybe, you you know, if somebody's, something's truly negative, you're just going to say, well, I don't want that. But you are looking for limitations in the product so that you know what it is that you're getting into. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Right. You know, I'd, I'd mentioned my router. You know, if it had said, gee, this is a great router if you're only going to connect five things to it, I might have gone, ew, well, I'm going to connect ten, so maybe this isn't the thing I want. And and so that was a negative that was actually a positive for me. Yep, I agree. Great. 
Well, we're going to go ahead and, and take our first break. And when we come back, we're going to continue talking about uh, Greg's acronym Power Plus on how to really use Amazon secrets to promote our business. So I am Deb Creer talking with Greg Jamison on Mile High Radio, and we will be back in just a moment. Stimulating Talk Radio. MileHighRadio.com. Parenting is a rewarding experience that comes with challenges. Every parent experiences moments when they are overwhelmed or frustrated. Families First wants you to know you are not alone. Colorado parents can call 1-800-CHILDREN for answers, resources, and support. This free confidential support line can be the difference between struggling alone and finding the support you need to strengthen your family. Call 1-800-CHILDREN or visit www.familiesfirstcolorado.org. Hurt or injured in a car accident? It can be hard to take the proper legal action after a car accident, but waiting can cost you more. The law requires car accident victims to assert claims promptly. You could lose out by simply waiting. Call 800-467-4551 right now to see what your claim could be worth when handled by a skilled attorney. With a lawyer fighting and speaking up for you, you could be entitled to a big cash award. Call 800-467-4551. That's 800-467-4551. Now it's fast and easy to connect with the legal help you need after your car accident. Call 800-467-4551. The call is free, but you need to act now before time runs out on your claim. You need a lawyer to fight for you, protect you, and get you the compensation you need and deserve. Time's wasting. Call 800-467-4551. That's 800-467-4551. Call now. Great shows, great music, milehighradio.com. What are you listening to? And now we're back for more fun and inspiration with social media expert Deb Creer and her fabulous guest. And we are back, and I do have a fabulous guest. I'm having such fun talking with Greg Jamison, and we're talking about his book, Amazon's Dirty Little Secrets. So welcome back, Greg. Thanks, Deb. Great. Well, before we go any further, tell people how they can find you online and connect with you online and, of course, buy your book. Well, there's a whole bunch of ways that you can find me. Uh, One of the things about Plenty of Traffic is that I have kind of followed my own advice, and actually, if you just look up Greg Jamison, you're probably going to find me. My primary website is webstoresltd.com. You can also find me at gregjamison.com or at Amazon's DirtyLittleSecrets.com, which is one place where you can buy the book, as well as at, of course, Amazon. Great, great. Well, before we, we – I want to follow up with something very quickly. We've been talking about your acronym, Power Plus, um, and the, the first P is plenty of traffic. And before we skip on, I, I do want to say one thing about the plenty of traffic. You have to tell people, comment. You know, it's, it's real funny. People don't do it unless you say – 
please go and do this. And, and so make sure that when you are promoting your business or your service, you tell people, hey, be sure to comment on Amazon. Be sure to post on our, our Facebook page and then give them those links. Don't assume that people can find them. That's absolutely the case. And, you know, one of the things that's interesting is that uh, Amazon, like most companies, I think, do this now, when you get an email from them, they have all of their links there to mm -hmm. uh, Facebook and Twitter and so forth, and they specifically ask you to go ahead and post that. So if you buy something on Amazon, it, it doesn't happen automatically, but if you're happy mm -hmm. with it, it, you can turn around and you can post that information on social media, which right. again drives more traffic to their site. Mm -hmm. Great. So let's go to the next letter in Power Plus, which is O, and that's offer something for free. And you know, every business owner goes, ah, but I have to make money. So why is it so important for people to offer something for free? Offering something for free is actually a real partner with the plenty of traffic because as soon as you offer something for free, if it's something of significant value, then people are going to start talking about it mm -hmm. and therefore promoting your website. You know, people might say, well, what does Amazon offer for free? And they actually offer a number of different things for free, including software such as their Kindle for the PC. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, they want you to buy more Kindle books, which is one of the reasons for doing it, but you can get this software and turn your laptop into a Kindle, and it doesn't cost you anything. Right. You know, and, and one of the other things that Amazon does is they give away a free chapter of somebody's book. Or, you know, um, what, what people can do is they can give away a free two-minute video. Or, you know, obviously uh, businesses do this all the time with happy hour, um, you know, or buy one, get one free, all of those various things. So it is something that is far more common than I think we, we tend to think about. It really is, and I think one of the things that tends to happen online, especially with small businesses, is that they think, like you said, oh, I can't offer anything for free. So instead what they do is they just put something up on their website that says, join our mailing list. Mm -hmm. And there's absolutely no reason why I want to join somebody's mailing list and give them my email address. Right. And they haven't given me anything, given mm -hmm. me a reason for doing that. Right. Well, and those things just annoy me. Um, I was searching for something over the weekend, and, and one of those popped up, and you know, it was join my email address or my, my email list. There was no way to get into the site without giving them my email address first. And so there was no way I was going to go any further with that. Um, you know, and, and I mean, it was just, there wasn't the little X because most of the time you have the option. You know, you can X out of it and close that box and, and, but no, th there was no way that, that I could do that. And, you know, and, and that just annoyed me. Um, you know, I didn't want on their mailing list. I just wanted to find a, you know, to see if they had something I was interested in. Yeah. So they end up losing a customer as a result of mm -hmm. that rather than, gaining a customer. If they had given you a reason for doing that and right. not made it mandatory, then mm -hmm. you probably would be happy to do it. Right. Yeah, if it said, you know, join our email list and get 20% off your first, first purchase. Okay. You know, that might have been an incentive for me, but just, you know, join or else. <laughs> no, nope, yeah. sorry. You, you know, the very first time that 
I kind of was exposed to the power of offering something for free was really just an experiment on my part. And it's because I was involved uh, as being a Boy Scout leader for a number of years. And every year we would offer a junior leader training course. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the course, we would want to award the boys that had been through this course saying that they had participated in this course. So I created a certificate for each of them. Mm. And rather than basically going in there and having to create each certificate individually, being a gearhead, I thought, hey, I'll just create the (laughs) certificate once Mm -hmm. and pop their name in for each of the kids that did this Mm -hmm. and send it off. So I created a little program that actually did this, Mm. and when I got done, I thought, you know, this works pretty well for me. I'm going to share it with some of the other scoutmasters in the area Mm -hmm. and see if it might be useful for them. So I sent out an email to about a dozen of my friends asking them, you know, if this was something that they thought might be valuable to them. And within 24 hours, I actually started getting emails from all over the world, from Asia and Africa and, uh, you know, South America, Europe, saying, hey, this is really great. Thanks for doing Mm this. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) all I did was offer it to a dozen of my friends. But Mm -hmm. because it was something that was useful to them, Mm -hmm. they... You know, it went viral, basically. Right. And as a result of that, the way this program now works is that people can build these certificates, and it dynamically generates a PDF file with the certificate at the end, but before they can print that file out, it's a little message pops up and says, hey, that's a great certificate. If you'd like to print this, please provide your email address. Mm-hmm. And I now get 30 or 40 emails a day from that particular program that mm-hmm. people can use for free. Cool. You know, and, and you've, you've mentioned this several times, and I think it, that we really need to kind of hammer this point home. What you're offering for free has to be valuable. You know, it's not just, hey, you know, I'm going to send you a quick tip of the day that, you know, something I thought of in five seconds or, you know, it really does have to be something that people that people would pay for um, is is essentially what it is. Now, again, we're not giving away the whole cow. You know, it's just give them enough that they they are interested and that they know that you're an expert or that you know, you've got a great product or service because then they will pay when you ask them to. That's exactly the case, and almost every business, no matter what you're in, you are the expert in that business, and you actually do have information that people want and mm-hmm. need. You might be a serviceman that fixes heaters. Well, you can mm-hmm. provide you know, information about what you need to do every year for your heater, as an example. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you might give them a gift certificate as opposed to a coupon. You can call it a, coup- a gift certificate even though it's really a coupon. You know, give them a mm-hmm. gift certificate for $100 off their next service call or whatever. Cool. Yeah, you know, so they, they could do it themselves, but they don't want to. So they're going to use that gift certificate or that coupon because you establish yourself as an expert. 
And that really leads into the next letter in your acronym of Power Plus, which is W, win their trust. So why is that so important? You know, it's, it seems like it's self-evident, but I think so many people skip this step. Yeah, it's uh, kind of what we were talking about earlier, you know, about how people trust Amazon because of the reviews and winning mm-hmm. somebody's trust. People buy from people that they know, like, and trust. And mm-hmm. winning their trust is a huge thing when it comes to whether or not somebody's going to buy from you. Uh, those and those it, trust. Go ahead. It, those those trusts and and you know it's it's one of those things that yeah you know there there are certainly places we go to that we buy from where you know whatever we're going to go into it no matter what but in more than likely people have a choice between you and someone else and this trust factor is the big thing you know it, it comes back it it is that no like trust factor and and as Bob Berg puts it it's not just the no like trust it's you know, if everything is equal. You know, you, you have that trust and then having that trust sometimes means that you can even charge more for it. That's absolutely the case. And, you know, so the question is really, how do you get that trust? And mm-hmm. so some of that is what we've been talking about here all along with the uh, ratings and reviews. Mm-hmm. You know, people complete strangers going out there saying how great your particular company is. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you can actually take those reviews and turn them into testimonials mm-hmm. that you then post on your website as well. Right. You know, and, and I think so many people then forget how easy it is to lose that trust. Um, you know, and that comes back to those negative reviews and, you know, all of those various things because uh, to me, it, it's, it's easier to initially win a trust than to win back a lost trust. And, and have you found that? I think that's true that, you know, I remember actually as part of being a scoutmaster, the scoutmaster that was there before me was telling a story one time about how, you know, he had built up the trust of his parents and so forth. And then he Mm -hmm. did something and it was like overnight, you know, he lost their trust and it took Mm -hmm. him months to regain their trust. And that, that absolutely happens in business as well. Mm -hmm. Well, and sometimes you can't regain it. You know, you've, once you've lost that trust, they're not going to come back. Yep. That's true. So one well, of the things that, under one of no, the things under winning their trust that you know really applies to kind of what you talk about here on your show with social media is the whole concept of social proof too. Mm-hmm. And people might say, you know, what's social proof? And that's kind of like when we were kids that our parents would always say, well, if your friends jumped off of a bridge, would you do it too? And the reality <laughs> mm-hmm. is, is, yeah, probably, because my friends did. Right. <laughs> and that's really what social proof is all about, is mm-hmm. you know, seeing what other people are, are doing. And there are ways to measure that. There are mm-hmm. websites out there like socialmention.com that allow you to see how frequently somebody is talking about you 
mm-hmm. and what kinds of things they're saying about you. Mm. Interesting. You know, and, and I think, you know, it, this is something that, that we really need to emphasize to people is the fact that people do research you. You know, if they're, it, it, and obviously it depends on, on what you product or service you sell. But, you know, if I'm going to spend more than maybe $10, I, I research somebody. You know, I want to see is this, you know, does this insurance agent, does he get good reviews? Um, you know, and, and the funny thing, or, you know, a restaurant, are they getting good reviews? We've, you know, mentioned it time and time again. What's happening on Amazon? Are they getting good reviews? And to me, it's, it's almost a negative when I can't find anything about somebody. Um, you know, it's, if they don't have that social proof, that social existence, it's, it's kind of like the, the, you know, the, if the tree falls in the forest and there's no one there, well, if I can't find them on the internet, does that mean they're not there? And that is something that, you know, there are so many companies out there that still think that if I just put up a website, that that's good enough. Mm-hmm. And if people can't find that website, there's nobody talking about that business. There's, you know, it's like they don't exist. And mm-hmm. I see so often that people do that. They like put up a website and think, oh, good, now I've got a website. I've entered the modern era and I don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. And they, they just let that website sit there. It's the people that work the website and work social media and get involved in all these things where they're interacting with their customers, those are the people that end up getting the business because they're visible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and <clears throat> excuse me, that, that is so critical because, you know, we've all gone to websites where it's clear they haven't updated it since, you know, the Internet started or at least, you know, in a, in a year or so. And all of these things, and my first thought is, are they still in business um, you know, and, and I think it's, it's easy for people to get into that thought process of, I've got my website, I have a Facebook page, <clears throat> I post once a month, I have better things to do with my time, like going out and, and selling my product or service, and they totally forget this whole social proof thing. Yeah, and I think what a lot of that boils back to is, you may not have time to do it. You mm-hmm. do have a business to run. And so what you need to do is actually figure out ways that you can get other people to do that for you, just like Amazon right. has done. When I, that site that I mentioned a minute ago, socialmention.com, when I actually looked Amazon up on that, somebody was talking about Amazon every seven seconds. Whoa. <clears throat> You know, that would be insane if somebody was talking about your business or my business every seven mm-hmm. seconds. But even if somebody talked about us, you know, every seven months, it would probably be nice. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, getting other people to talk about you when you don't have the time to do it yourself, the reality is you can kind of sit there and look at things and say, hey, I'm going to post something once a week, but I'm going to post it in such a way that I'm going to get lots of interaction and get other mm-hmm. people to post on it. Then you're following Amazon's example. Right. You know, because we mentioned it at the top of the hour. Amazon doesn't really do that much advertising, whether it's for Amazon itself or for, you know, really the, the products. and Well, it doesn't do any advertising for the products and services that are on Amazon. It doesn't have to. Everybody else it for them. And so then they're able to put their resources back into other things. 
Yeah, the, the little bit of advertising that they do, of course, is online stuff such as emails, mm-hmm. which is obviously something that is important and a good way of driving traffic. And if you do it right, then you can get those emails to be forwarded to other people by your clients too. And again, getting them to promote what you've done out there. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we, we just can't say it enough. That is what's critical is to get other people to say you're absolutely fabulous than to stand around and say it yourself. Exactly. You know, and, and it's also important that those people are, you know, real life people. I mean, how many times have we gone and we thought, well, that's, that's not a real person or heaven forbid they comment themselves. <laughs> I've, I've seen those. I'm like, really? Um, yeah, it's, it's actually kind of funny to see that, you know, and I think Amazon actually tries to patrol that a little bit. If you have your own product out there and you're, giving yourself a five-star review, mm-hmm. th- that's obviously not a good thing to do. You, right, right. You, you must know someone, your mother at least, mm-hmm. would say yeah. nice things about you. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we're, we're ready to take our, our next break, and we've been talking about Greg's book, Amazon's Dirty Little Secrets. We've been talking about his acronym, which is Power Plus. So we've done P, which is plenty of traffic, O, which is offer something for free, W, which is win their trust. And when we come back from the break, we'll talk about E, R, and then the plus portion. So I am Deb Creer talking with Greg Jamison on High Radio, and we'll be back in just a moment. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true, you're a pal and a confidant. Nothing says, I love you, more than milehighradio.com. Project Recycle is a program of 3T Ministry. They are a Christ-centered, family-focused, and mainly run by volunteers organization that promotes health and wellness by making bicycles available to people in need, providing individuals with a healthier lifestyle. For more information on Project Recycle and how you can be a part of their team, please go to the 3T Ministry website by clicking on their link on the nonprofit page right here on milehighradio.com. Donate a used bike or spend time helping them refurbish and distribute the bikes they have. This is a great organization that can use your support. Contact them today at 3 ministry.org Not quite seven years of age, Aaliyah had developed a fever that wouldn't go away, along with an arm pain that caused too many tears. A late night trip to the ER revealed the news that no parent wants to hear. Aaliyah had cancer. Leukemia. Her two-year treatment plan turned into five and a half years of chemo, oral and IV meds, appointments, ER visits, days, weeks, and months in the hospital, infections, side effects, multiple surgeries, a bone marrow transplant, and much more. Even though Aaliyah never gave up her battle, God realized that it was an unfair fight. On July 9, 2010, the cancer died, and Aaliyah went to heaven. We've all been touched by cancer one way or another, but cancer should never be allowed to touch our children. None of us can do everything, but all of us can do something. Together, we can fight to eradicate childhood cancers. Please support Aim to Cure in their effort to eliminate childhood cancer. Click on their logo on our website and give what you can. Aim to Cure has no overhead costs, so all money goes to research and public awareness programs. Please give today so that other children will have a tomorrow. 
MileHighRadio.com, just what the doctor ordered. And now we're back for more fun and inspiration with social media expert Deb Creer and her fabulous guest. Wow, what a great program we have today. I am talking with Greg Jamison about his book, Amazon's Dirty Little Secret. And, you know, it's nothing salacious or anything like that. Really what we're talking about, the fact, is that Amazon really doesn't do its own marketing. It has others do it for them. And that's the key to really promote your business or your service is to get everybody else to do it for you. So welcome back, Greg. Thanks, Deb. Well, we've been talking about your acronym, which is Power Plus, and we did P, which was plenty of traffic, O, offer something for free, W, win their trust, and now we're ready for E, which is engaging experience. Explain to us what you mean by that. Well, Amazon has absolutely built themselves a reputation for having the best online experience there is for an e-commerce company, and one of the reasons is is that so many people, when they build a website, they build it around uh, an avatar, basically. You know, they mm-hmm. think, okay, what I'm trying to do is appeal to people that are 20 to 40-year-old soccer moms, and therefore, that's how I'm going to build my website, is mm-hmm. to appeal to those people. And Amazon looks at that and says, that's not good enough. What I want to do is I want to appeal to you and exactly what it is that you're looking at. So they kind of take all of the data that they have accumulated about you over time, from the searches that you've done on Amazon to the products that you've purchased to Mm -hmm. the comments that you've made by leaving reviews for others. And they take that and they build a page specifically for the items that interest you. Mm-hmm. And as a result, people are like, wow, th- you know, th- this is the things that I'm interested in. And mm-hmm. that kind of an engaging experience makes it so that it's a site that you want to go back to all the time because they're always marketing directly to you. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, it's important because... It is. You do think it's this personal experience. You know, I love it on Amazon when it says people also searched for this because, you know, if I looked for A, well, then I might want B that somebody else searched for. You know, sometimes it's funny. It suggests things. I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't pertain. But, but yeah, (laughs) it's, it's all about knowing who your audience is. Um, you know, and, and I love it when people, when I ask somebody, who's your target market? And they smile sweetly at at me and they say, everyone. No one, no product or service has something that is for everyone. You know, there are people who are price conscious. There are people who will only buy something local. You know, all of these various things. And so you have to figure out who your audience is um, and and target what you've got for them. I'm, I was at a networking event one time when I asked this woman, um, you know, she, she sold skincare products. And I said, who's your target audience? And she, of course, said everyone because everybody has skin. 
<laughs> but when we, when she asked for referrals, we all went, uh, when she fine tuned her market to boys who were 16 to 18 who had acne problems, every single one of us knew somebody right away. Um, and so she had really figured that out. And, you know, granted, we probably, you know, none of us have the money and, and the resources that Amazon has, but you can still figure out who your audience is and what they want because they came to you for that information. So keep giving it to them. And, you know, taking that information and then applying it to <clears throat> what it is that you're presenting on your website can be incredibly powerful as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually one of the things that Amazon also does really well is when it comes to their product descriptions and what it is that they are presenting to people. Mm -hmm. Unlike so many websites, you know, you go to Amazon and there's a half a dozen pictures about whatever product it is that you're looking at. There's a whole bunch of specifications. If it's acne skin cream, and I haven't looked for for that at all, but <laughs> I'm sure that it tells you, you know, exactly uh, how big the tube is, how long it's going to last, what mm -hmm. the application rate is. They give you all the information that you need in order to make a purchasing decision. And right. there's so many websites out there that don't give you that level of detail, and it's absolutely mm -hmm. critical if somebody is going to make a buying decision. Right. Well, and, and the reason it's so critical is more than likely people are comparing products. So if I've got product A and they tell me kind of vaguely, here's what it does. And product B gives me all of the information, you know, and, and that includes the testimonials. That includes maybe something for free. You know, they, I know that they're an expert. I'm not going to care in the slightest about product A. I'm going to go with product B because they they made that sell something that I almost couldn't even resist. It, th that's absolutely true. And I think that one of the things that so many small businesses don't realize when they are trying to sell their own products on the Internet is that they are the expert on what it is that they're selling. They may, mm -hmm. The customer may not believe that you are saying that this is the best thing since sliced bread. They're going to look at the testimonials for that. But they are going to look to you for detailed information about that product. And right. you need to explain that to them as if they had walked into your showroom and they're talking to you face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. That's how somebody makes a buying decision is by having enough information that they say, yes, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you mentioned it's like they walk into your store and talk to you. And to me, you have to, you, as you said, you have to do that online. And I don't care if it's through your blog or through your comment section on your website or, you know, in particular and, and especially on social media. If somebody posts a question or a comment on your Facebook page or your LinkedIn account or whatever and you ignore it, it's like they walked into your store and you ignore it. Um, you know, how many times have we gone to somebody's Facebook page and said, in essence, hello, I would like to spend money with you <laughs> and get ignored? You know, I'm never it, it comes back to that trust thing. I'm never going back to him again. Um, you know, and, and and I think that's where people get caught up in this cycle of it takes too much time. No, it doesn't. You know, you lose one sale. And not only did you lose that one sale, you lost, especially if it's on social media. 
hello, if I, you know, I'm going to and I'm going to tell everybody, hey, I went to, you know, X businesses Facebook page and they ignored me. I'm posting that for my thousands of followers and, you know, all of those things. And so that's where, you know, you really have to keep up on it. And just imagine if when somebody did post back to you, if they posted that rather than just writing a, a short little comment that they posted a video, for example, and mm-hmm. were talking to you in this video, that would be so incredibly powerful. Oh, and Right. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why Amazon has gone to where on a number of their products, they actually have videos of their products rather than just pictures. And mm-hmm. they also allow people to post video testimonials. Ooh, I haven't seen any of those. I'm going to have to look for some of those. Cool. Post one yourself. <laughs> I will. I will. I, I think yeah, I need to go to your page. A, yeah, whenever you post a a review of a product, you have the opportunity to make it be a video review. Wow, cool, cool. Well, now, you know, in, in, in the power acronym, R is request an action. And the sad thing is, this is one of the things that I think the majority of people totally forget to do because they think it's obvious. You know, I'm trying to sell something, so shouldn't somebody know that they have to go buy it or they have to comment or they have to do whatever. Talk to us about request an action. Yeah, and I don't know that it's even so much that they think that they don't have to do it. There's many of us, myself included, that simply don't like to ask for the order. Mm-hmm. As a technical person, I know that I've spent my whole career doing technical things, and being that hardcore salesperson saying, are you ready to buy how much do you want to spend type thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. Those are not things that come naturally to a lot of us. And so we kind of have to sit here and go, okay, if I don't like to do that, and I've already got all these other people doing all my marketing for me, what kinds of things is Amazon doing to request an action? And the thing that's really interesting is that almost every website designer out there is going to tell you, make your page clear and simple so that the only thing that somebody knows to do is to click on the add to cart button because if there's only one action then that's what they're going to take mm-hmm. but if you look at Amazon's site they've got all kinds of actions on their page like you said people who bought this also liked this uh, if you uh, buy this item people frequently buy this item along with it mm-hmm. uh, other suggested items and then they have, like, not only the Add to Cart button, but the Add to Wish List button mm-hmm. and so on. And their page has got all these calls to actions all over it. And, you know, my suggestion to people is follow Amazon's lead and mm-hmm. do what they do and make it easy for people to do all kinds of things, whether it be adding other items to the cart or Leave in a review, even if you choose not to to purchase the product right there. Put in lots of calls to action. Right. Well, and, you know, calls to action are also, you know, contact us, call me. You know, I love it when I go to somebody's website and, and I'm using my smartphone and there's no way to call them. You know, they, they don't have a button. Well, I, you know, I can't 
write it down and then dial it and do all those things. Have a button. Um, you know, people like to click. They're, they're on these websites and they're using their smartphones and all of those things because they like to click things, you know. So make it easy for them. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, we, it's funny because we're all told, especially on social media, don't be the pushy salesperson. There's certainly ways to do it without being the pushy salesperson. But if you, for, if you don't have that call to action, it, it gets skipped. It, it really does. And one of the things that's interesting about you saying that with the phone number is that there are lots and lots of websites out there still today that are not what we term mobile responsive websites. Mm-hmm. And that's actually not as critical as it turns out as it was even just a couple of years ago because the resolution of the smartphones and their ability to display any website, regardless of whether it's mobile-friendly or not, mm-hmm. is, you, you know, any website will show up on a modern smartphone. Mm-hmm. But having that phone number is absolutely critical. And it's amazing how many people don't do that. Not, not only mm-hmm. having the phone number, but having it so that, like you said, you can click on it and call somebody. The funny thing about having designed websites over the last uh, almost 20 years now is talking to people and they say, I don't want to put my phone number on there. And I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> you huh? know, they're like, well, somebody might call me. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Right, right. Well, and, you know, there's it, there's a lot of people, you know, like me, who maybe their their cell phone number is their business number. So, you know, you might not want to put that. Well, there's this cool little thing called Google Voice, which is a free phone number. All you have to have is a Gmail account, and it routes right into my cell phone. So I have that as my business number. Um, you know, there's, there's ways to get away from the, the people thinking, oh, you know, I don't want to do that. There's ways around things like that. And Google Voice is awesome because you can basically for every Gmail account you have, you could actually have a different phone number if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. So you could create a number of different Gmail accounts and have a phone number. I, I could have an Atlanta phone number mm-hmm. if I wanted to, and you could have a right. Denver phone number, mm-hmm. and it's great. And it's free. <laughs> <You know. laughs> that's That's the key. Okay, so we have done P, which is plenty of traffic, O, offer something for free, W, win their trust, E, make it an engaging experience, and R, request an action. So we've got a couple minutes left. What is the plus? What additional tips do you have for people who are wanting to use Amazon's method of marketing, which is to get everybody else to do it for you? Okay, well, plus like you said, is basically any additional tips that I kind of felt like I needed to put into the book that were didn't fall neatly into some of those other categories. And I actually go ahead and spell out PLUS then as well mm-hmm. to kind of make that be an acronym as well. Ah. And I, I talk about performing analytics, listening to your customers, understanding distribution, and starting now. And probably the single most important part of that is starting now. Mm-hmm. You know, we 
performing analytics well clearly Amazon analyzes absolutely every single piece of data that comes into their website and that's how they're able to create these custom experiences for you and determine a number of other things such as what you want to buy in the future and therefore what kinds of products that they need to be working on uh, listening to your customers coming up with subscription programs such as Amazon Prime and so forth mm -hmm. uh, understanding the distribution so that you can determine, you know, if this is really going to be sold at retail or versus wholesale or whatever. But like I said, starting now is really the thing that's the most important is you've got all this information out there and you've got customers that are wanting to help market and sell your products and you need to get started now having them do that. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and the key is now. You know, don't put this off. You know, we, and, and I think especially if you're just starting your business, I, that tends to be what happens is people think, oh, well, I can't ask for positive reviews. I can't ask for recommendations because I'm just starting. Well, everybody was just starting. You know, at some point, Amazon had not sold a single product. And, you know, it is now, as we mentioned, it's the behemoth. It is what we all want to grow up to be. Um, so, you know, do it and do it now. Yeah. And we may not all want to be as big as Amazon, but we do want to say, hey, these are the people that have done things successfully. And so if they've done them successfully, how can I apply that to my business? And so, like I said, that's really what the book is all about. Perfect. Well, Greg, thank you again so much. And again, the book is Amazon's Dirty Little Secrets. And you can just go to Amazon's AmazonsDirtyLittleSecrets.com to find out more about it and to find out more about Greg. Thank you, Greg, for being such a fabulous guest today. Well, Deb, I really appreciate you having me on. It was fun. It has been just very educational. And I'm going to start, you know, I'm going to have to go back and do some of these tips myself. Everybody, have an enjoyable rest of your day, and I look forward to speaking with you next week. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. I'm not ashamed. Radio.com, just what the doctor ordered. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.